0: Hey. Hey. Uh, yes, oh my God, that um, sounds dude. awful. What sounds awful?
1: Did you hear all the like electric like uh the distortion there after you you spoke?
0: No, uh, no, it might just be uh the energy that's yeah I, I honestly,
1: me. I think it's probably uh your brain power. Yeah. Sending a a little after mm-hmm. signal. I mean that's to accompany everything you after, say. Yeah.
0: A little after signal? Just a little just a little a... shiftsy poozies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well well, I mean that's the most uh obvious explanation. I mean yeah because if you think about it, yeah uh if you think about it, my brain is uh working. Yep. And uh you know, I'm alive. Yep. And uh there's uh currents. And yep. so when I talk when I talk uh when I when I talk the sounds are coming out, but my brain is seeing those sounds and then interpreting them. Uh don't whisper. Hey, who are you whispering to?
1: I didn't whisper to anybody. You whisper sitting in my
0: room alone. No, dude, you just whispered something. It's a
1: rainy day, dude. Can't whisper.
0: What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. They're just active right. for some reason. This is the the first podcast where we actually have an official logo and the name is changed. It's no longer Tribe on the Rise. Well, your your person
1: is still Tribe on the Rise. I still see you as Tribe on Rise. I know. The Rise. I need
0: to – well, I might have to actually make a new Anchor account. Yeah. Which isn't that big of a deal, but uh... – I mean, what do we, we have? have? We got your grandma listening? Does your grandma we actually, listen? We actually have an estimated of 30 people that listen to this. And then if you go on to the Spotify wait, really? or my SoundCloud, yeah. And then if you go to my SoundCloud, um, <laughs> I mean, some of my podcasts are getting like 100 views. And we have a couple people that keep following us. So it's, we're definitely getting listened to. It's just a matter of consistency. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start putting out clips. Uh, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel. I'm designing a website for us yeah. uh, for our podcast. So just keep great. going. Yeah. You know, as long as as long as we do it every Monday. Uh and as long as you don't show up brain dead, you know. Uh as long as long as you can just have the personality of a potato will be good. So yeah, if as long as you have
1: another point in the universe to send your communication to. Yeah, yeah. You know, send your message to. It could literally be a rock, which I think is a pretty good <laughs> Like I've just cool talked sample of a of podcast my, with a like, rock. Touch on this podcast so far, it's basically <laughs> Pod- just been like a fucking inanimate object. Podcast
0: with a rock? That's not true. Like you could so be have talking read, uh... into a
1: microphone, and I'm sitting at the desk,
0: and I'm no. the desk, right? No. I'm the desk. No, no. I'm the desk. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a desk. Desk can't say I'm the desk. So <laughs> have you have you read C.S. Lewis?
1: Yes, I have read a little well, bit. How far I haven't have you read gotten. that much, but I've gotten <sighs> through chapter two.
0: Have you gotten through the preface?
1: Yeah, chapter two. Right. I've, I've, read, right. I've just been touching it a little bit, man. I really got to get a little more disciplined with reading. I just feel like um, I'm... Okay, yeah. Not disciplined. Yeah, totally. All right. Sorry, my mom was telling me to be quiet. For sure. Yeah. Okay, mom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to – I feel like I'm trying to extend discipline into every single arm of my life, and I have no discipline in any of it because of that fact. Do you understand what I mean? Like I'm spreading myself out way too thin. You're trying too hard. Well, it's not necessarily that I'm trying too hard. It's that I'm trying too hard at 17 different things. And I'm losing all of them in the process of trying at all of them.
0: Do and you know why do you I mean? think that is?
1: I just I think I've a happens? lot of I think I have a lot of different people pulling me in different directions in a way. Like there's a lot of people that want different things from
0: me. And do then Do you think on people have the that, capacity to do that? To want things from me? To pull you in directions. Do you think people are the one or do you think that in the end, like if you break it down and you you reduce it to as, as far as your, our, our minds are capable of reducing, what is it when somebody feels they're being pulled in a direction? Is that them actually being pulled or is that them saying... It's hard to explain. Or is it them pulling themselves in a degree towards somewhere that they think somebody else wants them to go? Is it really other people? And, I'm, and I'm, this is a genuine question because I think there's... In there a lot be- of ways,
1: I think it is other people. I think I'm a pretty sensitive person overall in a lot of ways. Like, I have... A thick knew skin. that and, hey knew uh, that. i have a pretty thick skin in reference to like my friends like i don't really particularly care that much uh-huh. about what my, yeah. gr- my well, like what my friends think about me but like if my girlfriend is going to get really upset at me for like playing video games a lot i would rather just not play video games than deal with her being upset with me all the time like well, i can kind of get a
0: life of a pushed around a relationship if i'm not careful you know what i mean that's why you should do what I'm not doing and not be in a relationship. Genuinely. And I know your girlfriend's going to hate me for that. And honestly, no. do what you want. However, uh, and, and there's there's always going to be a pull um, towards that. It's in our biological makeup. But there is, there is some power in knowing yourself. Definitely. Uh, to thyself be true uh, is the... Like, you, that's, that's something, that is what, it's hard to explain. I mean, how much, how much do you really believe in the hippy-dippy nature of reality? Like, how much are you convinced that there's a spiritual plane, that there is a deity? Like, it's one thing to, to theorize and conceptualize these, these abstract concepts. It's another thing to actually believe it, you know what I mean? And what would you say the percentage is between believing that we're just matter And that when we die, it just turns out like a light. And there's no memories. There's no uh, concept of self. There's no concept of space and time. It's just blank. Which, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, people are like, no, it just is darkness. When you die, it's just darkness. You idiot. Because if you can understand darkness, then you have a concept of what light used to be and what substance used to be. And so there's still a concept of self. People are like, oh, when you die, it's just going to turn black. You can't turn black because yeah. black is a reference to the absence of color. And to understand what black is, you have to understand what color is. And so there would have to be some sort of uh, concept of understanding I, in yeah. that void. I think you're getting a so little bit stupid. caught up in
1: linguistics there. A little bit. I think when people say it's just black, they mean it's just nothing.
0: Do you, you know what I mean? You understand nothing. Do you, well, hold on. Let's go back to the original like it's, question. It's, your How consciousness much are, what's the pers- is no longer there,
1: basically. Like, that's what they're trying to get at. Yes, yeah, that. There's I, yeah, no so I understand energetic that. form of your consciousness in the universe anymore. But what I was going to how- say is I firmly – I think reality is strange enough. It's it, – it the people who really rationalize reality and really, like, crush it up and turn it into ideologies and they
0: really, like – what does that mean ideologies? What do you mean by that? Like They manufacture reality. Democrat?
1: No, I mean like rationalize everything. So they, they have this, this ideology that's a framework for them for life, right? And so every single new bit of information, every single new experience that they have, they find a way to use their rationality to expert, export that um, that bit Biased. of information into their construction of an ideology. So it all fits under that premise, right?
0: I gotcha. You. Do you think, do you think, I, I wonder if maybe, I think what most people truly believe, um, they can't describe. Sure. I think what, and, and you know, I think about this a lot. There's, you see an old man on the street and you would think nothing of it. But if you went into that old man's mind, there's probably been nights where that dude has been alone thinking deeply or there's probably been some weird things and he's probably looked into uh, somebody's eyes and loved them deeply. Like he has felt powerful things and seen powerful things, but you can't, you can't understand that just it, it. Like, I don't know how to, how, how it's to explain. Like all I can do is, is know what I've done. And if you just met me and you talked to me, you would think you would think I'm a loud uh, anti-authority you know, obnoxious kind of, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Narcissist who just thinks I'm right about everything, thinks I know. But within my mind, I've had moments where I've seen and I felt things that I I can't really express to people, you know, I can't really convince you Yeah, about the stuff I know, because you would have to have you would have to have a complete understanding of everything I've ever thought and seen to understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. And if I tried to explain that to somebody, they would just brush me off because it's like, no, 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 because they have not they have their own experiences that they're comparing me in that one point in space and time, not the representation of me. So so my ideology, I can't really express it. Now there's there's concepts and I can theorize, but I can't really express my own belief. And I think everybody's in that same boat. And what we do to cope with that is we try to shallow our experiences. Our, uh, we yeah, try yeah, to dumb not, them hey, down. Stop, stop and yawning. Not, yawning. not boring. It's not a boring conversation. Just woke
1: up. Total ass. <laughs> total accident. <laughs>
0: uh, but but yeah. So it's it's like. Um, I don't know, it's hard. It's hard. And and I I don't know. So like going back to the whole spiritual thing, I'm I'm like 90% sure that we're in some fucking trippy ass like real new age, real fucking gods with 18 eyes around their head looking down at us shooting lightning bolts. I'm like 90% sure that that has some actual backing. And yeah. about 10% convinced that we are just chance and matter combined uh and eventually this will just fade when we go out I that just, to me go go ahead
1: yeah i i what i was gonna say a little earlier was like what i was alluding to with the whole ideology thing what i was getting to was that i feel like people who rationalize their experiences into a materialist ideology are holy um they're they're not they're not they're not consciously awake they're not really awake they're not really like moving through the world with energy like they're they're pretty asleep overall people who just really fundamentally think that must be true don't really look at the universe very well they don't really study the universe very well and 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 take in all the perspectives on it like they don't really do that very well those people are just so it's like they take pleasure in That ideology because it's not like Christianity and it's not these things that are totally like at face value. They seem ludicrous, you know, but yeah, but there's just a lot more to life than that. I I believe like like, living in today is so completely weird. I I don't know. It's just so much weirder than any fiction that's happened before it. What's up? Uh, like,
0: go do go do what you got to do. I can I can chop it.
1: I don't have to do anything. I'm just like I don't know exactly. Like maybe maximum thirty minutes or more. 30 minutes. No, start at like eleven.
0: Okay. Man, they're even trying to kick you off the podcast,
1: dude. This shit's crazy. Um, what you need
0: to do is you need to get you need to get an iPhone. And then when we do the things, you just need to go for a fucking walk and record. That way, nobody can fucking bother you. Yeah, that will clear my head too.
1: Honestly, I agree. It's
0: not a bad idea <laughs> at all. I don't know why you're so
1: transfixed on the iPhone though. There's plenty of smartphones out there, Andrew.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could, you could do, uh, you can do an Android or uh, Google. Yeah, no, I just use iPhone synonymously with uh, smartphone. Yeah, mind. I and then- also
1: the thing that I've learned is so far the thing that really makes my life the most worth living is searching for answers to the questions i have do you understand what i mean like the yeah, yeah. thing the thing that gives me the most like um purpose or just really like makes time become irrelevant while i'm doing it is that I I just lose – I tend to lose myself in that a lot, and I really enjoy it. And uh, I I feel like you know, it kind of comes back to that. I feel like I have a natural disposition towards it, Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't. But I know I do, and so I know that this is something I want to continue for the rest of my life, seeking for answers to the questions I have. What answer have you
0: gotten? what's an answer that you would feel has given has given you that feeling well i would come back to like that whole like
1: honestly screwtape letters fantastic book but like mm-hmm. easily the chapter that's the most like enlightening to me and the most interesting to me is the uh is the one about how to kind of deal with past present and future as a human being mm-hmm. and and how demons are like manipulating all of those things like that is so that is something that i've found real um life experience that connects with that idea you know like since i haven't had a phone dude i've been there's so many pockets of the day that i just spend sitting down and i just spend um kind of using my senses and using my um perceptions to like guide my mind And I find that just like so – I don't know. There's just so much more to that than the film of constant distraction, which so many people are taken up in, which is really scary. Like I've been hanging out with friends lately. Like last night I went out with two of my friends and the night before I hung out with some of my friends. And it's just like nine out of ten people in today's day and age would rather give themselves the comfortable distraction of something on their phone rather than the actual potential for a real connection. And it's really becoming a little bit disheartening to me. I don't know. It just makes me sad because I, I've seen it so fully, like what the right way to uh, use technology is and what the wrong way to use technology is. And I see so many people using it the wrong way. I'm really perturbed about that.
0: Well, okay. so I'm that nervous that I'm about kid. that, yeah, man. I'm nervous. Well, I, I'm with you but I, yeah. I, do, I do want to play devil's advocate. Of course. Um, of course you do. How, for, for the first thing is how do we know what is the right way and wrong way to use it? I mean, the, 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 I think you're right with the distraction. And I think reading Screwtape gives an ex- interesting perspective on this, that there might be things whispering in our ear, like, oh, there's nothing really to do right now. Just get it on your phone. There's nothing really to see or think about right now. Just yeah. get it on your phone. Yeah. But if you, if you drop that, you would look up and you would realize, oh my God, there's so much to think about. There's so much to, to do. Uh, and, and so you get into this mode of um, complacency, yeah. which would be the breeding ground of uh, disinterest. And I think disinterest is probably the greatest threat we're facing uh, right now, as a, as, at least in Western America and Western society is the idea that there's nothing really going on, and it's okay to just consume your life in these...
1: With the mundane. Yeah. It's yeah. okay for and... your life to be consumed by the uh, the little dopamine kicks you get when you check social media and your post has 150, 200 likes. You know?
0: Yeah. Consumed
1: I'm, by I'm, stuff like uh,
0: that. I'm interested in this whole dopamine detox thing. I've seen uh, quite a few things on it where... You do a few days of literally nothing, uh, and you try to reset your brain uh, to distribute dopamine for less um, aggressive, uh, re- like reactions. So, like you don't, you you you're you become happier just being able to sit sit down. But in order to do that, you pretty much have to go through this period of. Torture where you're you're getting no dopamine because your brain's used to these constant hits uh, and so that's pretty rough, but apparently if you get through it uh you can reset your brain to uh to a more natural way, but then you have to give up these things i don't know it's difficult
1: that it's sounds difficult. really difficult i there's a lot of um there's a lot of rough things that happen to people like uh I was watching do you know vsauce have you ever yeah yeah he did a uh He has a show on YouTube and he did like a three day in isolation, like
0: Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Set I, I don't know. I I wonder I think
1: it also depends on the strength of your mind and the strength of um your your spirit, you know, as you know, shifty as that words become and it's,
0: it's a shifty word it is it's, it, it's a very shifty word
1: it explains so much you know it's used to explain so much and it really explains so little it's kind of sad but um <clears throat> i don't know i just i feel like it definitely depends on i guess what your brain is capable of and what your spirit is capable of and how 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 i don't know i think it's just it's scary to me the idea of going without anything for three days,
0: you know. I mean, like yeah, what you it, don't it's...
1: eat? Do you drink water? I'm assuming you drink water.
0: Yeah, it's not that. It's you're pretty much going without social media, going without drugs, it, trying to go without technology as best as you're capable of doing. Are I mean, you isolating
1: are... yourself, or are no, you? No, no, no. Okay, well.
0: no. It's just it's um, the idea is to get to reduce your your attention. As little as possible so like you're just going without as much as you can in the hope not being
1: attentive to anything sort of
0: yeah you want to go without as much as you can so that once you you start allowing yourself to go back into that you need less of it and it's it's pretty much minimalism it's like mental minimalism uh which could be which i mean is, is probably really healthy I I don't know. I think technology is our friend too. And we need to be careful not to demonize. Uh, It's like a gun, you know, you can demonize a gun. It kills people. Like that's what it's designed, but it can also save people. And if you demonize a gun to the point where you look at the tool itself, as if it has a morality, you, you lose the benefit as well as the negative. And the benefit is that a grandma can kill a gigantic thug just as easy as the thug can kill the grandma, and that's a, that's a cool thing because now the grandma who would otherwise have been a completely helpless helpless victim, and subjected to just other people's uh, other people's desire, is now capable of defending herself and and sticking up for herself. But you're talking about death, and death is seen uh, to most who don't think about it as the ultimate punishment. So they just say, okay, anything that kills somebody is just bad. But I don't, I don't see death that way, uh, especially if you believe in karma and, and reincarnation and stuff. Is that Do uh, it's you? very possible? I have, I have, I have some, some ideas on it. Uh, I don't know. I think I've lived before. I mean, I've had moments. There's been a few times where I've had these. It's almost like a vision. It's hard to explain where, yeah. like, for a split second, uh, it, I forget where I am. And I'm I expect to see something else. There was one point I was driving down the road and I saw this bridge. And for probably it felt like it felt like a long time, but it it was like less than a half a second in real time. I was I thought I was supposed to be in a desert and I was looking for a camel. I was looking for my camel and I was driving on the road and I just was like looking and it was like I was in the desert. It was so bizarre. <laughs> I'm not It it could be a lapse of sanity. It really could. Uh, But I was looking around and this was back when I was living in the van too. And actually a lot of this stuff happened when I was living in the van. I looked around and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. The cars on the road seem alien. Like I, I could see the cars on the road. It's not like I ever lost consciousness, but I was looking for something else. Yeah. And it was like a part of me, it's part of my brain woke up and was like, "Whoa, well, this, this is all wrong. This is totally wrong. What, what's going on here? There yeah. was a part of me that still knew I was driving in my van, what I had done that morning, where I was going. But there was a part of me that just woke up and was like, this, wait, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And within an instant it was gone. But it was so, it was so real. I was like, fuck. And the only thing I could really describe it as was a version of me that existed during that time woke up inside my brain for just a brief second. It woke up and it was, and it was just like a past life or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've also, I've also felt like I've seen the future too. Um, which if, you know, I think time, especially in, in this hypothetical spiritual plane doesn't exist or it exists. it just, doesn't exist i think time from a spiritual point of view would be seen as what we would consider infinite realities time exists in a spiritual plane but it doesn't exist in in a linear single timeline it exists as an infinite number of timelines and you're seeing those timelines unfold which would still give a sort of um temporal feeling but you're capable of seeing all of possibilities. So you only can still see one possibility, you only can choose one possibility to focus on, but you have the capacity to shift in in between those possibilities. And that's why I think the spiritual plane, you know, they, they, some people think that once we die, we go to heaven, and that's the end of it. I am under the belief that if we die, and there is an afterlife, it's just another step and there's still something we have to do, and that's assuming that we don't die and reincarnate here again yeah. uh, as a higher or a lower being. You know, <clears throat> um, I mean, it kind of
1: it would kind of make sense to be honest. the The idea of reincarnation is very rational in a lot of ways. When you
0: energy can't be created when or destroyed, you really get I, mean, to it. I mean,
1: yeah, and also when you look at um, humanity as like a super organism rather than each and like being comprised of all of these different organisms if you look at it as one thing it's kind of like in that process all the time it's like people are dying they're giving they're giving birth to you know newer people who are you know more evolutionarily developed than the ones that came prior to them and it would make sense if there was some kind of connection between The people who've died and the people who are still here i think that's pretty obvious i don't know exactly if it looks like this endless cycle of people reliving you know but and their energy somehow still maintaining the same like core identity i I suppose you know but i definitely think i think on a cosmic scale i mean like ufos are i think pretty much a thing now. I think you'd have to be kind of a little bit closed-minded to think that UFOs aren't a thing, and that other species that we've come into connection with aren't a thing. And I think other species probably look at us as, like, a super organism, as, like, a uh, a combined tree-like thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't really look at the bark of a tree and see each you know, molecule of bark as a uh, a um a living being Different in and of thing. itself. Yeah. yeah, you look at it as one universal thing. But you but, can say that about the human body Yeah, too. that's I mean, what you I was don't see us say as, as cells. Too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and cells are I think really that... complicated. And there's a lot going on with each cell too.
0: So there's a quote in uh, the Screw Tape letters in chapter 18. I'm going to read it, which is interesting. It has to do with the subject. It Says the whole philosophy of hell rests on recognition of the axiom that one thing is not another thing, and specifically, that one self is not another self. My good is my good, and your good is yours. What one gains, another loses. Even an inanimate object is what it is by excluding all other objects from its space it occupies. If it expands, it does so by thrusting objects aside or by absorbing them. Yeah, a self does the same Yeah, with beasts the absorption takes the form of eating for us it means sucking the will of freedom out of a weaker self into a stronger uh, into a stronger being to be means to be in competition now the enemy's philosophy is nothing more nor less than one continued attempt to evade this very obvious truth he aims at a contradiction things are to be many yet somehow also one. The good of oneself is to be the good of another. This impossibility he calls love. In the same monotonous panacea, panacea, I don't
1: even know be, what that means.
0: I don't know what it means either. Can be detected under all he does and even all he is or claims to be. Thus he is not content, even himself, to be a sheer uh, arithmic, I don't even know, dude, I can't talk. Uh, even to be a sheer unity, he claims to be three as well as one in, o- in order that this nonsense about love may find a foothold in his own nature. And at the end of the scale, he introduces into matter that obscene invention, the organism in which the parts are perverted from their national density of competition and made to cooperate. So hmm. that whole, Very that whole uh, paragraph is pretty much saying hell is the recognition that one is not another the concept of god is that one thing is the other thing and when you die when you die you're either going to see yourself as a part of the whole or you're going to continue as the you're going to cling to the concept of individuality so very nice it goes it, it goes yeah good thank you uh it goes uh, like kind of what you were saying about how we're all I mean, that's that's high. That's high understanding is that we're all a unified organism. We're all the same. We're all when you see another human, you're not seeing an individual being, you're not seeing something different than you, you're seeing yourself reflected, you're you're that person is reflecting back you just under a certain set of circumstances under a different set of variables. That person's only different than you because of they were born in a different condition. However, they still are you that 's what you would be like if you were born exactly how they were born, you know what I mean yeah um, it's so like everyone is a
1: reflection of yourself
0: yeah and that but that's that's the that is the mind of God and so when if you now believing that and and knowing that are two different things you know uh because sure. how you treat other people reflects how much you see themselves i mean that's why Jesus converted the law into two things love god and then love others as yourself and that's that's like ridiculously wise because the only real thing you can do is love yourself however once you break through and you understand that other people are you you can begin to love them but you can't love them until you do that and you can't you can't love yourself until you love god he literally put them into that order like and it's very it's so hype, it's like hyper intelligent, bro. You have to love God first. That's the first rule. You have to love God, which in my opinion, it's life. You have to under you have to love life. Even Jordan Peterson talks about this. Like life might be inherently evil, but your job should be the purpose of life is to uh have something so meaningful, do something so meaningful that mm-hmm. the evil of life the negative aspect of existence is no longer of a consequence. Like you're, you're, you're loving life to the point where even the downside of existing is irrelevant, uh, which is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. It says the purpose of life, as far as I can tell, is to find a mode of being that's so meaningful that the fact that life is suffering is no longer relevant. That's the mind of God. Yeah. Uh, which, people just can't understand. Atheists and stuff, they just can't understand, you know? People um, yeah. say that, well, the fact that suffering exists should be enough to disprove the fact that God's good. And that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, that's an entitled way to see it, is that you're entitled to not feeling pain? You think that you don't deserve to feel pain or suffering? Yeah, That's what life is, bro. Matter couldn't exist without entropy, without energy pushing and pulling and and you don't think God knows that like you don't think that this mind being knows that, but he's like, "I need something so meaningful that that's irrelevant and that's it's so complicated it's such complicated theology like the one thing is do you think that could even there could be a reality without that uh uh without that uh premise do you think existence could exist without suffering? do you think matter could be a thing without um like you think about it matter moving creates friction and heat heat burns so without you would have to you would literally have to conceptualize a reality where matter and friction doesn't create heat and heat doesn't burn us that would be like it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous like if you were in the explosion of the big bang you would be fried you don't, you don't, that's, that's pain. It's energy. Like, what do you think pain is? Pain is, pain is energy being dispersed around your body. You know what I mean? It's your body saying something's not, I'm not in homeostasis. It means change. Pain is change. It's rapid, rapid, rapid change. You know? Yeah. Uh, and people are like, I want a world where things don't change. It's like, what do you, what the fuck are you even talking about? God could, ex- God could create a world without suffering. Well, what you mean by suffering is pain. And pain, what you mean by pain is change. You're saying, could God create a world without change? Like, so you're saying God created a world without time? Because talking pain about? is
1: also discomfort and change is uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: To anything.
1: Any kind of change has an element of discomfort to it, you know? But I, I like the idea of, like, Earth being an extension of heaven and hell. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like those are also locations in some kind of realm, some kind of other dimension, some kind of, I don't know, but they're out there and they're places and they exist. And earth is just an extension of the two. It's like this, just com- this, this combination of the two sort of. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's always some friction in the idea that life is suffering with the christian community just because i mean it's a hard baseline because god created the world and if god created a world that's just automatically suffering you know it's uh it's kind of it's kind of a rough thing to really wrap your head around and understand but i don't know i think on- c.s lewis
0: yeah. has a going uh c.s lewis has a great quote about um About heaven and hell, what, what heaven and hell is. Uh, so C.S. Lewis had a great, um, a great quote, and it says, uh, I think Earth, if chosen instead of heaven, will turn out to have been all along only a region in hell. And Earth, if put second to heaven, will have been the be- beginning a part of heaven itself. So he's agreeing with you. The great divorce, he, he talks about it. Earth is Earth is a starting point for the rest of eternity. And if you have the mind, if your mind is purely focused on earth of what you can gain and what you can lose in this lifetime, and that's your only focus, that's your only mode of of thought is what's happening here. And now when you die, you will found that hell is the, an extension of earth that hell is literally you have been in hell your entire life. And you now you re- the only this is when you realize, oh, my God, I can't escape. There's no escaping from this mentality. Yeah. But if you put that concept of gaining and losing of identification with who you are second to heaven, which would be God really is what is God or the unity of nature and self-sacrifice and of laying down uh, your cross or carrying your cross to an extent, then you'll have found that earth had been a part of heaven all along and that you had been in heaven from the beginning, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I, I agree with you. I do think, I think heaven, I think, I think the afterlife is just an extension of what we are, who we are now. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I think it's hard to really, in some ways, I think I have a, an understanding that's really non-intellectual of the different people who are on their spirits are kind of on the road to heaven, and then the different people whose spirits are kind of on the road to hell. And I think I it's not really a, an intellectual understanding when I look at people and I like see that. It's more of just like a not even really psychological, just like a it's like underneath all of that and undergirds all of that. It's a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, I I I just I struggle with like analyzing all of the different data points in somebody's life, right? Everything that goes into every person's life and saying, this is what the extension post-mortem of your life looks like. Like how does that actually function? Because people's lives are so complicated. And I think almost anybody who's lived has experienced euphoria. They've experienced like true love. They've experienced, um, the best of life you know but they've also experienced some really really difficult things and if not like the hardest things you know so how do you like have all of that data and then you compress it into something after their life like this mode of being is what your entire life ended up being and this is what you're going to be experiencing from now on do you know what i mean like it's just seems yeah. it's like hard to like I guess maybe it's really hard to conceptualize just because of our condition and the way that this reality presents itself to us. But I don't know. It's just such a hard question for me because I hear that a lot, you know, that heaven and hell are the natural extensions of each person, like kind of a, um, a pointed extension of this life. You know what I mean, and I just wonder how people go through and they like, or how something else goes through, and quantifies each person. I guess because I also don't prescribe to the the ideal that we're all equal, you know, and we all start with equal um, potential and equal. We all have the same output of energy. I don't believe that at all. You know, I think people start at different places with that, and that's that's another hard aspect of reality to really um, understand but that's true as well I just I I have a lot of like questions in reference to like how that actually goes about like happening you know that that natural extension is formed I think that's gotta be really hard because I think even the people who are most like spiritually dead in a way when you encounter them you know who are most yeah kind of closed off, most closed minded, um, just kind of dense people, I still believe they've had those moments of euphoric love. They've had those moments that they are always trying to scramble towards in their life. Those, Those really impactful days where they just feel like they're living their best life and they're probably experiencing a version of heaven, but ultimately they will end up you know, in some kind of hellish existence, you know, I I don't know.
0: And I, and I think people also, some people have a very shallow concept of what heaven actually is. I mean, some people literally think they think it's a reward. They think they're going to get to heaven and they're going to be put, like if you hear, especially older generations talk about it, they, they're getting their their rewards in heaven. They're going to be given a crown and they're going to be given a mansion and they're going to be given have power. a buffet, you know, yeah. the, the feast of the land, and yeah. and they're they're in their minds, they're saying okay, they're postponing. It's it's a it's a way of them delaying gratification. They're just saying, well, I'm going to be a martyr on this world, so now I have the moral high ground. I have moral superiority over all these idiots who don't who don't know the truth, and then once I get to heaven, they're all going to see how great I actually am, and I'll just have power there, but and that th- i think a lot of them are doing that because they just can't get the power that they want here they don't have the capability of getting the power that they want but the will their soul is still corrupted by the same evil and it's a way like sure. screw tape it's a way that these demons use something that is inherently beautiful and true like the concept of heaven and god and they twist it they literally twist it to serve their purpose where you're just you're just postponing. You're not gaining anything from materialism, but you're fantasizing about materialism and an eternal materialism, which they think is heaven, but really they're conceptualizing hell. You know what I mean? Like they don't even realize that. Because if you need to read The Great Divorce, Joel, you need to read The Great Divorce because it is—it's so. You, I think you think Screw Tape is good. The Great Divorce is probably the best theological book. Uh, that C.S. Lewis has ever written. And I think I've read all of his books except the um, the trilogy, the Space Trilogy, which I have now. I just been waiting to read it. You bought it. it. Nice. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you're really
1: going to enjoy that, by the way. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. I, lo- I love C- uh, C.S. Lewis. But The Great Divorce, bro, I've, I've listened to it and I've read it probably 10 times at this point. And every single time I go through it, I'm just like, what the fuck? And there's a monologue he has in there where this dude comes across... It's just so hard to explain, but it's it's like what the fuck. There's a monologue, there's a chapter in there that just might have to be some of the most well written, well thought out uh, concepts on theology ever. Yeah, ever like it's it's insane. It is insane how for sure you need to read it. Once you get a smartphone, I'll give you my uh, Kindle shit, and you can. uh, I think I have a paper copy of it that I just haven't read. Oh, then yeah, then you need to do that, bro. Yeah for sure, so I'd love to talk to you about that. But let's finish screw tape. because that.: that's It's also I mean,
1: screw tape is a really small book, to be honest. Yeah. Like I was just reading today, and I mean, I can whip through school, screw, screw tape, especially once I graduate, which I think is going to happen on Wednesday, by the way. So I should be out of the, uh, the tunnel of schoolwork here pretty soon, which is exciting, and I can start p- pouring more time into reading the things I want to read, you know what I mean? instead of all, all of the different things that are assigned to me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah? You're done with school now, aren't you? Just about to be. Not yet. Wednesday. That's what I was saying. True. Yeah, I got to push the next couple days here. Got to push through and get it all done. But, yeah. I well, also, I, I was going to
0: tell you. Um, what?
1: I guess, I mean, we could talk about it. We could talk about it some other time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Here, I'll call you on Snapchat. Let's go ahead and end the podcast here. But I'll call you on Snapchat. All right, I talk.
1: bet.